Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny V. On this podcast, I chat to authors about their books, the writing process, the social and political influences of their work, and how literature has the power to change the world. Monique Mulligan is an author and interviewer who lives in Perth, Western Australia, a former journalist, news editor, and publisher. She combines part-time work at an arts centre with freelance editing and novel writing. Monique has had three picture books published and short fiction in various anthologies. Today we talk about her debut novel, Wherever You Go, in this bite-sized episode. It's such an honour, Danny, um, to be a part of this amazing podcast you're doing here. and It's just really cool to be talking about this book. You know my work and you've given it a lot of thought and um, I don't normally get such good questions, to be honest. <laughs> Your podcast is the one that I listen to when I want to listen to an interviewer who has actually read the books she's asking questions about <laughs> and asks really interesting, insightful questions about it. And I think that's really special. Thank you for your wonderful questions. It was a good chat. Great chat. You're a good interviewer. So enjoy listening to the podcast. That's brilliant what you do. Honestly, I'm so in awe and we need more word nerds like yourself, people that are passionate about books. Welcome to the Words and Nerds podcast, Monique Mulligan. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, today we're going to talk about your novel, Wherever You Go. And I just love the description of this book because it talks about relationships and it talks about, you know, cooking. And we're going to talk about that shortly in a minute and the healing mm-hmm. process of it or what I think it is anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, also interested in, in the publishing process as well. But before we get started, can you hit us with an elevator pitch as to what the book is about? Absolutely. So elevator pitch. Well, it's, it's the story of a couple who go through an unimaginable loss and three years later they, they move to a small town. Their marriage is on the edge. They, they need to do something to try to save it and this is it, this tree change. And they end up in the small town and, and Amy, she starts a cafe because it distracts her from all, all the pain and the things she doesn't want to think about and Matt watches on as, as his wife gets more and more consumed. And in the meantime... They make friends, she starts a supper club and, and there's these incredible feasts where they, you know, they're places of friendship and community and, and revealing the other characters' stories. And, yeah, it brings their marriage right to, to that breaking point, though, because he gives her an ultimatum and, and reaches his own crossroads, I suppose, and see what happens. And why was a story like that important for you to explore and to tell? There's so many answers to that question, Danny. <laughs> You know, I, I, I suppose I wanted to tell a story that is what happens next. You know, ro- romance is a, a fun. I'm not a big romance reader. And, and so I always am more interested in what happens after the romance. What happens to that couple? Do they make it? And I'm interested in, in why people behave the way they do. And so that was something I knew I wanted to explore and it came to me through this story of, of, of grief and, and loss and, and a marriage breaking down. And I know, I know what the marriage breaking down is like and I, and I suppose the other thing that's really important to me to explore is that concept of wherever you go, there you are, which is, is the epigraph in the book because, you know, I feel like sometimes people want to... They, they, they want to start a whole new story for themselves. 
And that's kind of what Amy does in this book. She wants to start a whole new story. But you know when you read a book, every single chapter is woven into the next chapter and there's always those threads of what's gone before in there and that's what life is like for us and I wanted to explore that. I like how you said that you're right, society isn't that interested in what happens after the romance and that's always Mm -hmm. really intrigued me because, you know, going right back to fairy tales, they're just interested in the how you get together and then apparently live happily ever after. And there's nothing in between. And, you know, I actually think that marriages and relationships and friendships, they're actually a bit more fragile than we give them credit. And sometimes Mm. things, you can't recover from things, you know, because Mm. the relationship gets too bruised or whatever. And I actually find that really interesting as well to explore that. Well, what happens, you know, everyone can fall in love. We're, We've nailed that. We're all really good at that. (laughs) Don't think we're that great. Some people are, but, you know, in society in general, at at staying in love. Yeah, because it takes takes so much work and that's that's even when you don't have terrible things happen in the relationship. Even then, just the the day-to-day, like, oh, he didn't take out the rubbish or he didn't do this or you looked at me funny and I I don't like that look today. You know, all those those little things you've got to deal with. But then when you have something something terrible thrown at you and, and you imagine yourself in those situations where you go, how would we recover from that situation if that happened to us? And that's what I really felt driven to explore. You know, how will they or can they? Absolutely. And I think that's really important too because I think sometimes you have to make sure that you're not talking about who's taking out the bins more than you're talking about life and exactly. <laughs> the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You get stuck in those mundane domestic things, can't you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> now, tell me about your character development. What's your process? The process with that was, was, I guess, you know, the character came to me. Uh, Amy's the main character, but really I feel there's two main characters. There's Amy and there's, there's Matt. And initially when I wrote this story, it was very much focusing around Amy and Amy's, Amy's grief and her guilt and her denial. And... In the the later stages of of the editing process, I was told very clearly, you need to make every, the the other two point of views count because right now they're revolving very much around Amy. So everything was reactive to her instead of them having their own stories, their own problems to, to solve aside from her. And it was either that or cut them out of the book, Um, you know, like cut their points of view out and, and I thought, no way, they can't come out. I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm going to take this challenge on. I'm going to make these characters work. And, you know, that was a really, really good lesson for me to learn there, to, to have that development where you, you get a character, say Amy in this case, where she, she starts off and she's, some people think she's not, you know, that likeable. Um, I don't think she's unlikable. I think she's a little bit difficult to start with. But once you realise that she's coming from this trauma place, you can start to empathise with her more. And my initial versions of Amy didn't let the reader in early enough. So I think they were asking that question of why should I, why should I care about her? She's just, she's just crying all the time and she's just not really helping herself and, and I suppose yeah, being proactive in any way. That's, that's something I had to learn and, yeah, I think hopefully pulled off. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting though because I think there's a bit of a, um, bit of a resurgence or, of having female characters that aren't, you know, 
perfect, which is fantastic mm. because mm. none of us are. Yeah. And, you know, I've often talked about Sarah Bailey's um, Gemma character in her yes. novels yeah. and how, you know, it's quite a deliberate choice. But I, I really think that's good because, um, you know, then they're seen, perceived as more real. Otherwise the pressure <clears throat> for mm. women to be perfect is, you know, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's true. And look, even with my character, Matt, Matt, in, in the early versions, Matt was really saintly and really, he was just a really good, long-suffering husband. And all of my early readers loved Matt. And, and that's great. I still want him to love Matt, but I feel he's a lot more real in the version that you get now because he develops a little bit more. He's coming from a Aurora place himself. I often hear that in the first draft, people often write characters that they want to have a relationship with. Is that what you did with Matt? <laughs> Well, no, that's a really good question because I'm actually more like Matt. So I don't know. Do I want to have a relationship with myself? Maybe. Maybe that's the best relationship you'll ever have. I don't know. Maybe it is. (laughs) Now tell me about creating food and how cooking can be a healing process. Cooking's, you know, something that I I really love to do for myself. I, I love to feed people and and, you know, my, my kids are grown now and when they come over, I'm constantly pushing food leftovers on them. Take this home, take that home. You know, um, it's, it's funny cooking for less people now. But to me, food is just, I, I love it. I just, I love to eat it. I love to cook it. I love to, to look for really good quality ingredients and things like that. And I, I love the idea of gathering with people and sharing food and conversation and wine if you drink wine. And just to me, it's more than just the food. It's about the people that you're sharing it with and what you can, what you can experience together. And that's, the, that's really what I wanted to bring out in this book was that food is something that, yes, you need to, to survive, which is where Amy sort of starts from is that like I'm just cooking because I have to. But then she's cooking because she, she actually loves to cook, but she likes to see people eating her food and that brings her so much pleasure and she doesn't know how much it's helping her. Mm, it links to social mm. connection, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I actually like the cooking process. I like cooking with people, you know, like cooking with my kids or something. I think mm. it's, a nice, um, it's a nice thing to do. And mm. then you get to eat it at the end, so like a double bonus. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I did a lot of cooking while I was, you know, writing the book, you know, I cooked, oh. I cooked a lot of the things from the book. That's great. And so sometimes while I was writing, you'd have the smell of that food, whatever dish it was, would be simmering <laughs> away in the background. And it really helped that process. You need an accompanying uh, recipe book to go with it. Yeah, yeah. Everyone tells me that because they're all saying you've got to have a, a you know, a companion book. So I'm, I'm actually thinking this could be a thing. <laughs> We're talking about complications of marriages and relationships. Mm but forgiveness is also a great part of the book as well and forgiving mm. yourself forgiving others tell me yeah. about that oh, I have such great conversations with my husband about forgiveness because we kind of stand on two opposite sides with that because I'm very much into forgiveness but not not necessarily for the other person but for yourself mm. because I, I feel that when you you hold on to to anger towards someone else for too long I feel that it makes you physically sick and mentally sick and so sometimes I I think you need to work through that process and and find a way to let go of those feelings towards the other person doesn't excuse them in any way for what they did it doesn't say hey I'm okay with what you did it just says I'm letting this go for myself so I can you know 
move on in some way and, 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 and be healthy of body and mind. So I'm quite big on, on, on doing that and forgiveness tends to come fairly naturally to me, but for my husband, not so much. So it was really fascinating exploring that. Um, but having said that, I'm not as good at forgiving myself. Mm, I think so many of us are. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's a really interesting thing to think about, isn't it, how you can be so, so encouraging towards other people but so quick to shoot yourself down. Yeah, absolutely. And we talk, I've talked about this recently a lot about the inability to accept compliments or the inability to be able to forgive yourself. I mean, you know, we're human and we make mistakes and sometimes we're going to be the antagonist in someone's story, but it is about, you know, learning and growing and learning to forgive yourself. But it's funny how hard we are in ourselves, isn't it? It is. And it's something like I'm, I've done some workshops on with kids and with, with adults on, on self doubt and, I remember doing one a couple of months ago and, and something had happened and I'd spent the entire night just racked with self-doubt and anxiety about, about doing this workshop that I'd done multiple times before. But I had told myself by morning that there was no way you know, in hell I could do this workshop and, and, and who was I to tell anybody about writing and creativity and, and that kind of thing. And so I got around it by writing this blog post and just writing it all down how I felt. And then I read it to those people that night and, <laughs> and they were in tears. I just went, oh, my gosh, someone gets it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we all have it no matter how well we're doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In mm-hmm. fact, I think um, maybe the better you are doing, well, this is for me anyway, mm-hmm. the more anxious I become. So I'm like, oh, something's got to go wrong. <laughs> yeah. Everything's going a bit too right. It's yeah, a ridiculous way to live. I think that's your anxiety living in your head. <laughs> it could be. Brene Brown has a word for that, but it's it's something to do with it's the joy that you know you you just sort of fear that joy because there's going to be something to take it away. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We're weird, aren't we? We're weird humans. We're really weird it's hard people. Hard being a human. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about your writing process for this book. Oh, the writing process for this book is, you know, it's. I don't have this routine that some people have where they get up and write every day. It just simply doesn't work for me to do that. So I tend to be a weekend writer. Um, When I write a draft, I have learnt that I can't listen to music with words when I write a draft, but I can when I'm revising because sometimes that helps with the mood. You know, I can find that perfect song that that helps me get into that that mood, but definitely not when I'm drafting. I'm a slow drafter. (laughs) I talk to myself while I'm writing and, you know, I I make these faces. So sometimes I get laughed at if people walk past me because I'm there, you know, making faces or tilting my head. You can see me, you know, practising it now. And, yeah, I can can get very caught up in it and not realise I'm even doing that. Um, And, yeah, so I find drafting much harder actually than revising. It's Mm -hmm. revising just seems to, it's like editing and editing comes, you know, quite naturally. Yeah. But do you plan your stories or are you a bit of a pantser? I think I'm more of a pantser, definitely. (laughs) But I wish I'd planned a bit more with this one because I wouldn't have had to do so much rewriting, I think. (laughs) I guess it's it's both ways. So, you know, like you either plan it and then I guess the editing process could be less or you pants it and then the editing process is a bit yeah. longer, but I guess, you know, in the end it, it might be very similar. I think, I mean, for me, my, the, the book that I would like to follow this one, I have done an outline for and 
it's not a full chapter by chapter outline. It's just what I'd like to see happen in the story. And that's, that was actually a really good exercise for me to do because I didn't do that the first time around. So it's, it's given me the direction I think that I need when I'm ready to start writing again. Um, but I don't like the idea of planning out every sentence, you know, every scene and, and, and chapter. I've tried it. It just doesn't work for me. It's, it's, it's a bit too rigid. And yeah, I'm, I'm really organised in other things. Like I have, you know, so many to-do lists and <laughs> I'm very, you know, punctual and, <laughs> and like things to be just so. But when it comes to writing, for some reason, it's, it's different. You just have to go with it, I think. I think from speaking to so many writers, you just have to not fight your own process. You just got to go with what works for you and not beat yourself up about it. Forgive yourself. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And, and I say to other writers, they say, what's your advice? And I say, don't compare yourself or don't, you know, if writing every day is not for you, then don't stress about that. You have to find your own way that works for you. Otherwise, you're forcing something and then that's not really creative. Yeah, that's right. Mm. And then why do you write? Oh, I write because I have stories to tell, I guess. <laughs> it's just something that I, I've discovered I really enjoy doing. I, I always knew I wanted to one day. I was a big reader and um, a big, you know, I reviewed books for many years and always thought one day it'll be my turn and I'll, I'll do it. I think you have to sometimes give yourself a kick up the butt and make one day happen. So I did need to do that. Now I write because I just want to get these stories out and I really, I really get enjoyment from it. Fantastic. I love that. Thank you. It's been so lovely to chat to you. It was such an enjoyable book wherever you go. I really liked exploring relationships and it was spot on what you said about, you know, exploring the after you fall in love because that's always really fascinated me. Yeah, thank you for saying that. It's wonderful.